everybody. Welcome to Born on This Day. I'm Amanda Barker. And I am Bill Antonio. And Marco is not here, so no. too bad. This episode will be 45 minutes long. Because <laughs> we like to talk. Yep. And if you like to talk, we wish you a very happy birthday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, of course, is August 15th. And did you know, Bill, mm. that it's Happy Chant at the Moon Day? Okay, all right. Who is making so, this stuff up? <laughs> I'm going to read you. I have some weird copy in front of me. Uh, so here we go. Ah, summer, where the days are long and the nights are longer. On this full moon, August 15th, join thousands of people around the country or even the world to howl into the heavens as part of Chant at the Moon Day. Um, uh, it, it started with a fruit grower in Washington. I'm not sure why, and it has to do with the moon's gravitational pull. Listen, go out, do what you're going to do, honor this moon on yeah. August the 15th, and any day that you feel like you want to honor a moon. <laughs> and if you are born on this day, then you are characterized by your highly ambitious, honest, and slightly stubborn spirit. You confront life head on, and you strive to reach new levels of success constantly. So there you go. I feel like if you're compelled to chant at the moon, you probably don't wait for the date to be right before doing it. You know, I just don't feel that you're <laughs> necessarily that interested in being that organized. But anyway. let me let me tell you something that my very waspy Cape Cod parents do on a full moon. I'm not <laughs> lying when I say this. They go outside in the night and they they empty their wallets and they bring their empty wallets outside and they open them up to the moon and they say, fill me up. <laughs> oh my joking. God. I'm not joking. And you have to say it like three times oh or something. Fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. And then oh, wow. they swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to love that I told the world that. <laughs> they do that. When they told me they do that, I was like, what? What, wow. what are you doing? Wow. But I, then I was like, well, it's not hurting anyone. So, but it, it's such a funny, like, it's like. They're so real you're, cads, your parents. They're real cads. It's yeah. like they're Wiccan capitalists. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see who else is nutty today and baying at the moon. Uh, her performance in Winter's Bone earned her her first of four Oscar nominations and led to her being cast in The Hunger Games, which made Jennifer Lawrence an instant superstar. She won an Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook and was born on this day in 1990 in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, she uh, she's had quite a career. But she's, she's kind of already over. Have you noticed that? I have. And yeah. you know what's interesting is she was playing roles she's one of the few actresses not one of the few but recently one of the few who was being handed roles for 30 somethings when yeah. she was like 20 18 years old yeah yeah she plays playing, a widow you know, in silver linings playbook how is she a widow yeah. <laughs> i mean i know people die in car accidents all the time but how are you a widow all the same and i don't know um what she had to endure with weinstein but i know he she was one of the ones that he would use to lure women and say look at her career well guess oh, what she did kind mm. of thing yeah well um, then that means yeah. he probably didn't do anything to her cuz that that's he, just I it. Don't, and i shouldn't say that cuz i don't know but like that his kind of um manipulator usually knows like who to who to yeah. exploit one way and who to exploit another 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the women that he said, Gwyneth Paltrow also being one of them, mm-hmm. she was like, I had no idea that he was using me as sort of the template. Meanwhile, right. he tried something, uh, Brad Pitt threatened him, threatened to beat him up. And yeah. that was the end of it, you know? Anyway, yeah. uh, speaking of problematic, Ben Affleck made yeah. his first movie when he was nine. <laughs> one of my, as Marco would say, one of my paisans from Massachusetts, yeah. but he became a household name, of course, when the script he co-wrote with Matt Damon called Goodwill Hunting won him an Oscar and led to his career as a star in films like Armageddon, Shakespeare in Love, oh, I forgot he was in that, and Pearl Harbor. Turning to directing, he made Gone Baby Gone, The Town, and Argo, I loved Argo, which won the Oscar for Best Picture. Argo won the Oscar for Best Picture? Yes. I didn't- I didn't know that. I, I learned so much from Sometimes you. Sometimes I wonder like, what business you work in, Amanda. I really do. <laughs> I'm busy. Um, I, the thing is, is I watched it that year. I just don't remember. You That's know, funny. something it, it doesn't all stick. I yep. have lines to learn some days. Anyway, and since then, he starred in Gone Girl and took over the role of Batman in two movies. He was born on this day in Berkeley, California in 1972. So he's born in California, but uh, definitely grew up in... Uh, definitely. In uh, Boston area. Everybody's the Boston area when you're from Massachusetts. Princess Anne or Anne Elizabeth Alice Louise Mountbatten-Windsor was born on this day in 1950. She is the second child and only daughter of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. She is the 14th in line to the throne as of August 2019 and has been Princess Royal since 1987. She's played by Aaron Doherty expertly on The Crown. Yeah, I never knew anything about Princess Anne, and I never needed to know anything about her. And then just that scene of her lighting her grandmother's cigarette and shoving her out into the hallway made me fall madly in love with her. Yeah, yeah. it's true. You, It's funny because she was so... Um, butchered by the british press and i right. know who isn't who isn't they all yeah. are but yeah. um sh- that i grew up with this sort of disdain for her and mm-hmm. then watching like she's horsey and she's what which they all were but um but watching what the depiction of her on the crown does make you love her more yeah. for sure natasha henstridge was a model who scored the lead in her first film the horror fantasy species in 1995 following that she appeared in the whole nine yards bounce on the show commander-in-chief and episodes of republic of doyle and hawaii 50 she also recently revealed being sexually assaulted by both harvey weinstein and brett ratner and was born on this day in springdale newfoundland in 1974 I didn't even know that was coming up, and here I am going on about Weinstein. I know. Wow. I know. Crazy. Well, you know, throw I mean, a pebble, he... you'll find somebody that had an experience with him one way totally. or the other. Yeah. Totally. Jelko uh, Ivanek. Did mm-hmm. I do it right? You did. Oh, beautiful. Has had a terrific career on the American stage, but has also made some impressive appearances in film and television, including the film Mass Appeal with Jack Lemmon in 1984, <laughs> School Ties. On the series Homicide, Life on the Street, 24, Oz, and Madam Secretary. He won an Emmy Award for Damages and was born on this day in 1957 in Slovenia. <laughs> Ljubljana, Slovenia. Yeah. There you go. I handed that over to you so so graciously. In 1957. <laughs> yeah, he was like a hot young thing. When he's in Mass Appeal with Jack Lemmon in the 80s, he's like a hot young guy. And you look at him and you're like, how come this guy didn't end up becoming... Um, 
you know, and maybe he was offered a lot of like bad teen movies and he just preferred mm-hmm. to stay on stage. Maybe he yeah. also refused to change his name. And that's also something like, you know, like who knows? God, you yeah. Know, he I still looks good. Like that. as an older man, he still looks good. But like he was like really sexy when he was uh, young. It's hard to know. And the business is tough and, and yeah. ever relentless and unforgiving. And you could have a bad experience. You could have a personal thing and then, yeah. or it just cannot completely, I mean, he still had a good career. Oh, he's had a great had career and nothing that I would uh, scoff at either. It's just yeah. that sometimes you look at people from a, in a certain time period and you, you see them as being like, um, uh, set for something. And you're like, I wonder why it didn't go that way. Yeah, you know. it's, it is interesting. I and hopefully like... it's because of choices they made that they don't regret, but that's not always the case, right? No, yeah. no. Well. Yeah. Anthony Anderson is the very talented actor who broke out on the show Hang Time and the films Big Mama's House and Kingdom Come. Later, he appeared on The Shield, Scary Movie 4, Law and & Order, and currently on one of my favorite current comedy sitcoms, Blackish, for which he has been nominated for two Golden Globes and nine Emmys. He was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1970. Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu took the world by storm with his international hit Amores Peros in 2000, which led him to coming to Hollywood with the films 21 Grams and Babel before winning three Oscars for Birdman and a fourth for The Revenant. His virtual reality short film Carni Arena. Did I say that right? Close enough. Yeah. yeah. You're okay. from the East Coast. You can't be expected to know Spanish. Car- carne. Well, I'm and I'm learning Italian, so I sometimes mm. defer to that. Earned him a fifth Oscar for a special achievement, and he was born on this day in Mexico City in 1963. Wow, he's had quite a career for... He's, he's had a, not- a very amazing career, and I also did not intend for you to have all the hard names today. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite of what he's done? Um, I love The Revenant a lot. That's probably the one I like the most. Yeah, Shocker, shocker. Not Birdman. Birdman I really enjoyed. It's not a movie that I thought was particularly important. Um, but I do enjoy that film quite a bit. I love that film. But But The Revenant is like the first time I think I gave him five stars, I think. I I watched it on a plane. When Mm -hmm. you watch a movie on a plane, it's a special thing. I've said that before. And, uh, I watched Birdman on the plane and just fell in love with it. I thought it was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Deborah Messing entered our homes and hearts with her world-class comedic performance as one half of Will and Grace on 11 seasons of that show, also starring in the films The Wedding Date and Hollywood Ending, and on the shows The Starter Wife and Smash. She was born on this day in Brooklyn in 1968. I really like her. I like her too. I've heard a lot of stories about her. I'm sure a lot of them are true. Um, Tell me. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know too much about this supposed feud between her and uh, Megan Mullally. But um, I've heard from more than one source that there's a personality issue going on there. But if we are to say that difficult personalities come with genius, I would accept it in her. I think her, I think she's a modern Lucille Ball. On I really do. Yeah, I think comedic skills are insane. And I think she's one of those people who's even harder on herself than she is on other people. And so that can make them a lot to be around. Also, I don't think she was naturally that thin on the original Will and Grace series. And I think she was probably hungry all the time. And I don't even mean that Mm. jokingly. I think that she was genuinely in a kind of physical distress that also probably made her not much fun to be around. 
I think that's a huge thing that people don't give any women any credit for is, right. is how they walk around starving and what, what that does to your brain and your psyche when you're yeah. constantly hungry. And that so said, she still, she looks very beautiful now. She's also definitely not starving anymore. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that in any way critically. And I find a lot of her behavior on Twitter to be, um, if not appalling, at least ill-advised. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't checked her out on Twitter. I remember reading something from her when she first started out in my bathtub in like 2000 or whenever Will and Grace started. Mm -hmm. And um, she has a real business mind, uh, similar to Lucille Ball. Um, And uh, which, so it doesn't surprise me at all that she's gone into producing and so on, but she was really, really good with money and really made that a priority at the beginning of her career to save and save and invest and, yeah, I mean, listen, nothing I'll ever find out about her will ever make me admire her less. And if I ever mm-hmm. met her, the first thing out of my mouth would be to tell her how much I admire her uh, as a performer. I think she's so, so talented. Someday Twitter will let me back on and then yeah. uh, I will be able to. <laughs> I think you can still see it even without an account. You can see public accounts. I can't. Without... I try. It's awful. You have no idea. Why? So, Why? Yeah. Janice Rule. It's Rule, right? Yep. Not Rule or anything? No, no uh, just fancy. Rule. Uh, gave unforgettable performances in the films The Swimmer and Missing, plus appeared in Bell Book and Candle and an episode of Murder, She Wrote. She was born on this day in Norwood, Ohio in 1931. She died in 2003 at the age of 72. And she had a very notable smoky voice that I always loved. Uh, and probably a stage career that I'm not aware of. This is why uh, Daniel needs to be a host on this show, because he knows everyone's mm-hmm. Broadway careers that, in a mm-hmm. way that I don't. Mm-hmm. Tess Harper had a great run in the 80s, appearing in Tender Mercies with Robert Duvall and earning a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination for Crimes of the Heart in 1986. Why is that funny? I'm... <laughs> because Marco references that film probably weekly for no Tender reason. Mercies? <laughs> really? Why, because he's a singing cowboy? No. I'll say... I'll say... If anytime the word tender comes up in conversation, I'll be like, mm, I feel like I'm getting a bone spur. It just feels kind of tender. He'll go, tender mercies? Oh, he, wow. Yeah. He says it, or if someone says mercy, he'll say tender mercies. He says wow. it all the time. You got married to get your mom off your back, didn't you? I know it. <laughs> I definitely, I guarantee it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you continue. All and right. Well, back to poor Tess Harper, whose birthday we have ruined. But um, <laughs> she is still stealing scenes starring in the Best Picture Oscar winner No Country for Old Men 13 years ago, and more recently on episodes of How to Get Away with Murder. She was born on this day in Mammoth Spring, Arkansas in 1950. Well, one of the famous fraternal trio of the Jonas Brothers, Joe Jonas, has also appeared in his own episodes, uh, of his own, on episodes in Hot in Cleveland, and I'm sure a lot of reality shows too. He was born on this day in Casa Grande, Arizona in 1989. Mm -hmm. Melinda Ann Gates is an American philanthropist and former general manager at Microsoft. In 2000, she co-founded the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation with her husband, of course, Bill Gates, the world's largest private charitable organization as of 2015. Gates has consistently been ranked as one of the world's most powerful women by Forbes. She was born on this day in 1964 in Dallas, Texas. I like her a lot. I'm just going to say. I don't know too much about her, but I do know that no woman was ever rewarded more for giving a nerd a chance. And I wonder how many girls out there (laughs) are like, maybe I'll, you know, like he's not my thing and he's, he got a pocket protector on his shirt, but I could be the next Melinda Gates. 
You know what I love about her is she looks normal. There's somebody who literally has more money than pretty much anyone else in the world could do anything she wanted to her face, her body, whatever, trainer, anything she wanted. And she, she looks like a soccer mom. Like she's, she tries to keep her kids grounded as best she can. Not that we judge people who have plastic surgery. What's that? Don't judge people? Not that I judge people who have plastic surgery, but yes, I do understand what you mean. Yeah. Plastic surgery is a tricky, is a, is a slippery slope and tricky business. Um, and Hey, we can do a deep dive, but, um, but the fact that she hasn't, or if she has, it's, it's only made her look more like a soccer mom. Do you yeah, know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cause you never know who's, who's, I mean, some, you know, who have had it, but there's lots that don't. Um, anyway, it's just a stupid thing to say, but as a woman, uh, you know, I don't think it's a stupid thing at all. I, I, I totally know what you mean, especially because, um, as much as I fully respect the choice, uh, there are a lot of cases of people saying that they did it because they feel pressured to do it. And mm. she travels in a world and in, in circles where that pressure is there. And so oh, yeah. it is impressive that, um, you know, uh, admittedly her face is not her fortune, but. Uh, right. Right. Uh, it, it wasn't like same, you married her. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. All the same. It is, it is impressive and I get it for me. It's one of those things where it's like, I know that we judge women for getting it, but I also know that we also judge women for aging naturally as well. So yeah, it's like, do whatever absolutely. you want. If it makes you feel beautiful, do it. But I treat it the way I treat fashion and makeup, which is that I, I will call out people who I think are good at it and have good taste. And I'll call mm. out the people who I don't think have good taste about it. You know, when asked, not just out of the blue. For me, yeah. one of the biggest problems with casting actors right now, actresses uh, right now in particular, um, because I do work in casting, are these girls with their big injected lips. Yeah. Um, they On screen, they look like big injected lips. So they're not really hireable unless, it's, unless you're auditioning to play somebody whose character would have right. those lips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for anyone whose lips might naturally look like that. Um, but the vast though. majority when people have yeah, naturally, it is different. Uh, full lips. It's different. Yeah. And, uh, and they also can't deliver lines a lot of the times because they have this lisp oh because they can't coordinate these big appendages that mm. they've, you know, injected and, and, um, turned into, you know, big turn, bee stings. Turn into face. Goldie Hawn in the first wives club. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, Marvin. Yeah. Um, exactly. So uh, you know, judge or not, it's just it it's made a lot of actresses uncastable. And the problem is the type of actress that would do that just sees themselves as not being good enough and then would turn to those types of things even more. Um, same with Botoxed foreheads. That's a big problem. I think it was very revelatory when Jane Fonda said, I didn't want to do it, but I felt that I wouldn't get work if I didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on and uh, and apologize, apologizing to Marco for everything he has to <laughs> deal with today. One of the most original and fascinating filmmakers of the last 50 years, Nicholas Rogue, has a strong following thanks to original films like Walkabout, Don't Look Now, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and our favorite children's classic, The Witches. He was born on this day in 1928 in London, England, and he died in 2018 at the age of 90. Lubna Azabal has appeared in three of the most high-profile films having to do with tensions in the Middle East, including the Oscar-nominated Incendies. Oh, did I say it right? Incendies. Incendies. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's how you would say that. Uh, Paradise Now and the miniseries The Honorable Woman, plus also starred in Ralph Fiennes' Coriolanus at the Ridley Scott film Body of Lies and Rock the Casbah. She is of Moroccan descent, but she was born in Brussels, Belgium, 
on this day in 1973. Wonderful, wonderful actress. Ron Dean played all the toughest tough guys in the 80s and 90s, including as one of the dads in The Breakfast Club, a mob boss in The Client, a recurring role on NYPD Blue, and a coach in Rudy. He was born on this day in Chicago in 1938. I forgot there were parents in The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah there yeah. were right at the beginning. I forgot about that. Yeah, someone's got to drop them off. <laughs> one of the most admired British actors of the 20th century, Wendy Hiller, concentrated her efforts on the stage, particularly interpreting the works of George Bernard Shaw, but she appeared in films enough times to earn three Oscar nominations, I would say so, winning one of them for the film's Separate Tables in 1958. Also the star of Pygmalion and Major Barbara on stage and screen, as well as the films A Man for All Seasons, The Elephant Man, and the sequel to Anne of Green Gables, mm -hmm. she made her last feature film appearance in The Lonely Passion of Judith Hearn with Maggie Smith. She was born on this day in Cheshire, England in 1912. She died in 2003 at the tender age of 90. Wonderful, wonderful actress who I first got to know because of the Anne of Green Gables sequel. Who was she in the sequel? Uh, she remember um, and uh, becomes friends with uh, Mor Morgan Harris. What was that guy's name? Like that industrialist, and he had the old uh, oh, yeah. ornery yep. mother. Yeah, yep. in Halifax or in Charlottetown, she moves to the city. She moves to Halifax, yeah, to teach yeah. at the school yes. that is overrun with Pringles. Yes, the yeah. Pringles. That's right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, there's one more amazing woman who was born on this day, Julia Carolyn Child. Mm. She was born on this day in 1912 in Pasadena, California. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, you might know her just as Julia Child. She was an American cooking teacher, author, and television personality. She's recognized for bringing French cuisine to the American public with her debut cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking. I mean, that is like one of the quintessential cookbooks. Of oh, all it basically started the industry as far as I'm concerned. And it also explains why French cooking was so cool in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Like she made it accessible. The highest form of food was French. Yeah. Like it just was considered and everything that Jack Tripper cooks on Three's Company is French. <laughs> um, her subsequent television programs, of course, also contributed to that. The most notable, which was called The French Chef, which premiered in 1963 and ran for years and years. During the final two years of World War II, if you haven't seen Julie and Julia, Julia was working with top security clearance at the organization, which would eventually become today's CIA. Child uh, wasn't a traditional secret agent. Between riding elephants and helping to find a recipe for shark repellent, she excelled, eventually receiving the emblem of <laughs> the emblem of notorious civilian service for Amazing. her work in Chongqing, China. Uh, she was also the only woman in her class uh, in the first in her first class at Cordon Bleu. She's one of the first women to graduate from Cordon Bleu mm -hmm. in the late forties, which we see in the and, film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, she died August thirteenth, two thousand and four, uh, at the tender age of ninety one, of a kidney failure. Mm -hmm. And um, she ended her last book, My Life in France, with the quote: "Thinking back on it now reminds me that the pleasures of the table and of life are infinite." Oh, she's Toujours. Wonderful. Bon appetit. Yeah, she's wonderful, so and Meryl really like uh, did mm -hmm. justice to her, you mm -hmm. know, breezy, cheerful, uh, but practical mm -hmm. personality, and also yep. the fact that a woman that loved butter that much lived to be ninety-one is very encouraging for the rest Absolutely. of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and as they say, you know, all things in moderation, including moderation. And, and I, then you could. Yeah, oh, go no, ahead. Go Sorry. Ahead. No. No, you. 
No, you. No, I was just going to say, and I also loved that um, she kept a video cassette of Dan Aykroyd's SNL skit about her uh, <laughs> on her TV at all times. And, like, I just oh, love the idea right. that, because in the film you also see Meryl, like, watching it and laugh, like laughing her head off. And mm -hmm. I just, I love when people are really not too precious about themselves and enjoy being made fun of that much. When you have humility, you avoid humiliation. And she absolutely had humility, and uh, nobody could make fun of her. Well, I'm sure if you were born on August 15th, like Julia Child, you yourself are filled with humility. And uh, if you have enough, then uh, you'll have enough humility to go bark at the moon on the, or chant at the moon. It's chant at the moon day, not bark at the moon day. That's uh, probably another day in October. Uh, speaking of bark, I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us.